ಗಣೇಶಾಯ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀ ಸರಸ್ವತೇ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀ ಸದ್ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಸಮಸ್ತಜನಕಲ್ಯಾಣೇನಿರತಮಯ ನಮಿ ಚಿನ್ಮಯ ದೇವಗುರು ಬ್ರಹ್ಮವಿತ್ಪರ ಮನೋಜವಮಾರುತುಲ್ಯವೇಗ ಜಿತೇಂದ್ರಿಯ ಬುದ್ಧಿಮತಾಂಬರಿಷ್ಟ ವಾತಾತ್ಮಜಂಬಾನರಯೂತಮುಖ್ಯ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮದೂತ ಶಿರಸ ನಮಿ ಸಂತೋಷಿಣೀ ಜಗನ್ಮಾತ ಮಮ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯವೃದ್ಧೇ ನಮಸ್ಕರೋಮಿ ಭಕ್ತ ಪ್ರಸನ್ನ ವರದಾಭವ ಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವಂಬಾದರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಕೃತೌ ವಂದೇ ಭಗವಂದೌ ಪುನಃ ಓಂ ನಮ ಪ್ರಣವಾಥಯ ಶುದ್ಧಜ್ಞಾನೈಗಮೂರ್ತ ನಿರ್ಮಲಾಯ ಪ್ರಶಾಂದಾ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಮೂಕಂ ಕರೋತಿ ಲಿಂಗಯತೆ ಗಿರಿ ಕೃಪಾತಮಹಂ ವಂದೇ ಪರಮಾನಂದಮಾಧವ ಸಚ್ಚಿತಾನಂದಯ ವಿಶ್ವೋತ್ಪತ್ತಿಹೇತವೆ ತಾಪತ್ರಯ ವಿನಾಶಾಯೃಷ್ಣಾ ವಯ ಚಾಂದಿ ಧ್ಯಾನ ಓಂ ಪಾರ್ಥ ಪ್ರತಿಬೋಧಿತಾರಾಯಣ ಸ್ವಯಂ ವ್ಯಾಸೇನ ಕೃತಿಣ ಮುನಿ ಮಧ್ಯೆ ಮಹಾಭಾರತೈತೃತವರ್ಷಿಣಿ ಭಗವತಿ ಅಷ್ಟಾಧ್ಯಾಯಿಮನುಸಂಧತಿ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತೆಷಿಣೀಮೋಸ್ತುತೆ ವ್ಯಾಸಬುದ್ಧೆ ಉಲ್ಲಾರವಿಂದಾಯತ್ರೇತ್ರತೈಲಪೂರ್ಣ ಪ್ರಜ್ವಾಲಿತೋಟ್ಯಾನಮಯ ಪ್ರದೀಪ ಪ್ರಪನ್ನ ಪಾರಿಜಾತೇತ್ರೇಕಪಾಣೇ ಜ್ಞಾನಮುದ್ರಾ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾ ಗೀತಾಮೃತದುಹೇ ನಮಃ ವಸುದೇವಸುತ ಕಂಸಚಾಪನಿಷದೋ ಗಾವೋ ಗೋಪಾಲನಂದನ ಪಾರ್ಥೋವತ್ಸುಧೀರ್ಭೋಕ್ತೀತಾಮೃತಂ ಮಹತ್ ವಸುದೇವಸುತ ಕಂಸಚಾಣೂರಮರ್ದನ 
Marutsar there. <coughs> this Marutsar, the sons of Diti and Kashyapa, that story will come if you survive till tenth chapter. <laughs> story about Marut, I'll tell you the detail. <laughs> so <coughs> I am holding the, everything I tell you now, then you won't come. So some story I have to keep it for you later. Sunanti. So, <coughs> this Marut, that's a very long story in Bhagavatam, it is there. <coughs> so, this 49 Maruts, so Brahma, Varunendra, Varuna, and Indra. Indra is the king of gods, Rudra, Lord Shiva, Marut, Sunanti, Divyaistavaihi, Vedai, Sangha, Patakramopa, Nishadehi. Gayantiyam samagaha vedaihi by the Vedas. Sa, sa angaha. <coughs> sa angaha, there are shadangas. So, Veda, before chanting the Vedas, one should know six items. One is Siksha, Vyakaranam, Kalpam, Niruktam, Chandas, Jodisham. These are the six angas. One should be proficient in these six of them. <coughs> Chitra means phonetics. <coughs> Taitri Upanishad, one chapter is titled as Shikshavalli. The first chapter itself is called Shikshavalli. How to pronounce a word? What are the matra? And you cannot allow, you know, just because in music, you know, there are provisions are allowed. You can elongate a letter, a word, etc. in music. But when you are chanting in... <coughs> In Vedic meter, you have to follow certain rules. So you cannot be doing you know, all the Vedic mantras. You cannot put to tune and you know <laughs> like Kalyani ragam or this Hamsatuni uh, ragam. You know you can't put it. There is a rule. So phonetics is one. Then Vyakaranam grammar. Vedic grammar is separate than the regular grammar that we saw. <coughs> we see now. Kalpa means rituals, Niruktam means etymology, <coughs> Chandas means meter, and Jyotisha means astrology. <coughs> so all the Pandits should know a little bit of astrology because they should know what is the right time, no wrong time, etc. All these things, if you learn, then only you are initiated into the study of the Vedas. So, Vedai Sangha. Padakrama Upanishadaihi. <coughs> so, Saanga Padakrama. So, Padakrama Upanishadaihi, along with Upanishad and the limbs of chanting, <coughs> which are the six, such as Pada and Krama. So, that is also some rules are there for chanting. Pada and Krama, especially the Ganabadis and all that, they use it. So, how the they go forward, then backward, and then they go forward a little, then backward. These are all Pada, Krama, and all that. <laughs> if you have heard the Ganapadis chanting, <laughs> so Gananaam, Tva, Gananaam, Tva, 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 Ganapatikam, 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 Kapamahe, Havamahe, Havamahe, like this they keep on chanting. So it will take half an hour for completing one verse. So this is Ganapadis. So there is a Niyama for it, there are rules for it. So the one who with all that, what are you doing? Propitiating Gayanti. Samagaha. So, Samagaha means Samavedis. 
so singers so samaveda <coughs> so they vede sanga padakrama upanishadai gayanti yam samagaha so samaga people who are samavedis <coughs> samaveda should be sung in music because all these sarigama pa this has come from samaveda only samaveda is the origin of music so therefore the same mantras which is there in rigveda and rigveda is sung in tune <coughs> in samaveda <coughs> bhagwan shiv ji is very fond of samaveda <coughs> so this line vedaihi sangaha vedaihi sanga padakramopanishadai gayantiyam samaha means there is the reciters of samaveda with the full knowledge of the six limbs sing in praise of lord the hymn of samaveda in the form of pada and krama along with the upanishad which reveal the truth of the lord truth of the lord dhyana vastitat tat gatena manasa pashyanti yam yoginaha so those yoginaha contemplative people dhyana astita tat gatena manasa with their mind absorbed in gati means goal of their contemplation through perfect meditation pashyanti see or realize yam hum then there are contemplative people yoginaha samagainaha and the the yoginaha both people who are singing the praise of lord using vedic hymns in set to tune <coughs> by the samagais or the one who is contemplative people yoginaha who meditate upon the truth they see pashyanti very clearly how do they see with their mind manasa <coughs> what kind of mind a mind that is in the state of dhyana avasthita <coughs> state of contemplation a mind that is absorbed tranquil and subtle that mind is able to visualize realize the presence of lord where within oneself yasyantam naviduhu surasura ganaha devaya tasmay namaha sura asura ganaha the host of celestials as well as demons yasyantam whose antam means limits whose limits are <coughs> not known naviduhu do not know to that tasya devaya unto that lord namaha my salutations so this is one of the most beautiful prayer covering everything actually <laughs> so all that is possible <coughs> the highest form of meditative verse so salutations to that lord whose praise brahma varuna indra rudra do constantly whose praise the singers of samaveda <coughs> praise by singing with padayat krama then there are contemplative people who see clearly that lord in their deep meditation then there are celestials and demons who are not aware of the greatness of this bhagwan 
to that lord our namaskar my salutations <coughs> that concludes the dhyana shloka <coughs> and we have come up to 
So there are Samanya Dharma means which are common to the entire humanity. Whether you are Indian or you Hindu or a Christian or Islam or Muslim or whatever be your faith is or whatever your country is, all of them commonly practice. This is called Samanya Dharma. Speaking truth is something that is common to all. Then second one is attitude towards human beings and things around, like environmental friendly life. It's called attitude. Only recently people, our scientists have discovered or become aware of the environmental <coughs> harmony. Before they discovered our rishis thousands of years ago, they have discovered this. They have told us the Panchamaha Yajna. <coughs> Panchamaha Yajna is every householder has to practice this Deva Yajna, Pitra Yajna, Bhuta Yajna, Rishi, Rishi Yajna and Nri Yajna. Bhuta Yajna is one of the Yajna every householder has to practice taking care of the animals, birds and the environment, tree, plants, etc. Watering the plant, making the making them, seeing that they are not dead even in the winter. So these are all the duties of a householder. <coughs> so this is called attitude towards our parents, our teachers, our members in the society, and at the sun and the moon and the stars, the environment, and basic reverential attitude. This is our culture, <coughs> Vedic culture. The third one is called a ritual. Vedic rituals, this is considered very important because values and attitudes are abstract things because it is completely personal and it is mental. <coughs> but when those values are to be given expression, that expression is in the form of a ritual. So every religion has got their own rituals. It is not that only Hinduism has got rituals. Every church you go, there are rituals. Every mosque you go, though they don't agree, but there are rituals. So the very fact that they are having certain colors, you know, only green color they use, and there is a crescent, and a star, etc. These are all symbols. So they use, in a different way, every religion uses rituals. <laughs> but they are sometimes completely opposite. <coughs> like for example, when a child celebrates birthday, in our family we light a lamp. But the same thing happened when here in the Western country, they blow the candle. So one is blowing candle, another is lighting the candle. So according to symbolism, lighting the candle means lighting knowledge. Blowing the candle means blowing off the knowledge. Just for joke I am saying, okay, don't mistake. This is the, the, the culture, I am not saying good or bad. <coughs> but the rituals, the child has to imbibe. As the child is growing, the child has to emulate. Now the only way the mother can communicate the ritual to the child is through symbolism. 
the the mother can symbolize the respect in the form of bowing down or namaskara or some physicalization <laughs> when the child is brought to the temple two year old child you can see the mother prostrate before the uh, altar and then the child also imitate that she doesn't know what she is doing the mother goes there and put the tikka tilakam she also puts it <laughs> so like this then they you know once i remember i went to somebody's house and then i uh, the child was asked my grandfather brought the child and he was asked to prostrate to the swami and my one leg was up you know i was <laughs> sitting like dachinamurti one leg was up and one was down and this child came and removed my other leg <laughs> brought it down <laughs> and because he was told by his grandfather you should put your head on both the legs <laughs> so this is the culture the child i was very surprised and he forcefully brought it down and then bed uh, put his head down on that feet and then he <laughs> took so this is the this is how we teach our culture to the children these are all called rituals see <clears throat> so therefore ritual is a concrete expression of an abstract idea or emotion you know, for example even shaking hand is a ritual if you look at it it is not the ritual when we say you see what is there in the temple that alone is not ritual we are practicing ritual on our daily basis on our daily life so here the shake hand is the ritual now why when you shake hand what you are <coughs> greeting that person or sometime when a person achieves something great you shake that person's hand so who has achieved actually the brain has achieved but you should shake the brain not <laughs> but it is symbolic that you shake the hand isn't it you salute the flag that is again symbolic you are saluting the flag means saluting the nation <laughs> for whatever so you are saluting only piece of cloth but then it represent symbolically it represent the country <laughs> the same way in arab countries the greeting is going hugging each other and rubbing everywhere because to make sure that he is not hiding any revolver or <laughs> 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 the, the shaking also is under his sleeve nothing is there he will shake it off so but our system is much better <laughs> namaste <laughs> you are there i am here thank you very much <laughs> not that that paramatma in you paramatma in me both are one and the same that is symbolically even in the namaskara highest truth is conveyed <laughs> so <clears throat> we are not talking about the punyam aspect of the merit part of the ritual here we are talking about the social effect on these rituals <clears throat> now when it comes to ritual it varies from religion to religion community to community within our country also if you go from maharashtra to south india from south india to north india you see the ritual changes but <clears throat> all of them use rituals to express this emotions the attitude and the values <laughs> so religions differ only from the standpoint of rituals when they talk about values and when they talk about attitude they always always all, all of them follow the same thing similar so common values universal values 
are same for every religion. And when it comes to attitude also, small differences are there, but almost it is the same. Especially Asian countries, they are all same, universal there. If you are a Chinese or the Korean or a Japanese or Indonesian or the Thailand, all these places, the same custom is used, same attitude towards parents, taking care of grandfather, grandchildren, like grandparents, etc. They all same. But when it comes to Western countries, there is a slight difference because they call name, your father also, hey David, you know, like that kind of the difference may be there. But in our country, we don't call our father name, okay? <laughs> we call dad, that's all. <laughs> so, once ritual's importance go away, then religion, religious distinction will go away. And that state is called Varna Sankara. So, not only one Varna Sankara takes place, but something else also happens. A family institution was required for three purposes. One is rituals, Vedic rituals. One has to have a family. Most of the rituals involve Dakshina and Annadana. Only when you are a householder, you can afford to give Dakshina. And Annadanam also. Annadanam means giving food. That also only a Grastha can, Brahmachari cannot do, Sanyasi cannot do. So, naturally you have to be a householder to perform rituals. For attitudes and values, no family is required. If you are a brahmachari also, you can follow certain values, certain attitude. A sannyasi or a parapastha also can use certain attitude. And But artha and kama, security and pleasure, therefore a family life is for rituals and artha and kama. So, this family life is given <coughs> for artha kama. Artha means security. See, artha doesn't mean money alone. Money means what? Why do we want money? We want money for what? Security. Isn't it? So, the house, money for having a proper house, especially in the winter season, you should have a nice house, warm house. And then what? Warm clothes. This is all security. Then what happened? This is physical security. Then afterwards you keep a few million in the bank, you feel it is secure. <coughs> and the evening of your life, you will be secure. This is money security, physical security. Then we want emotional security. <coughs> emotional security is getting married, having children, family, people around you. You feel that they are secure. <coughs> emotional security. Then we want intellectual security. Intellectual security is for that only we join the clubs and organizations. And where you feel comfortable, you can talk to like-minded people, convey or communicate with them. So your ideas are accepted. Whenever you talk, people are there to listen to you. This you feel good. And the moment the crowd becomes more, you change. That's why so many organizations comes. So, why? Because when crowd comes, people stop listening to you. <coughs> then you say, this is too much crowded, I start my own. So he becomes the president, his wife becomes secretary, his brother-in-law becomes treasurer. Then everybody is comfortable. This is called intellectual security. So the security we seek, it's called artha. 
Kama means pleasure. Pleasure is joy. Joy, different way of joys are there. So everybody you ask joy. You know, once Gurudev, when he came here to this country, this man, <coughs> the immigration officer, after putting stamp on his uh, passport, he said, uh, have a good time. You know, generally they say, have a nice one. You know, like that. So Gurudev would turn around and ask, how? <laughs> no, that was first time he... He asked, somebody said that, no, how to have a good time, tell me now. <laughs> now to a sadhu you say, have a good time, now what will be the, how will he say, he doesn't know. <coughs> so everybody has got a different way of having good time, isn't it? So karma doesn't mean only pleasure, I mean sense pleasure, but there are so many ways of the entertainment is there. So each one at their different level they consider this is the pleasure. Now coming here in this winter, I mean snowing time, sitting here and listening to Gita is your good time, isn't it? For you. <coughs> Sorry. If the same time if tell your friends, <coughs> they will, Sorry. They will tell you kya, agal kya. Let us order some pokode or protocol, samosa and then gold kappa or something like that and then have some nice tea and enjoy a Hindi movie. <coughs> Who will go out? <coughs> Same way. So the idea of pleasure also changes. <coughs> so this, my point here is <coughs> This artha and kama, once welfare societies are established, <coughs> what happened? The government take care of artha kamas. Okay. Then artha and kama, family is not necessary. The government provides this called welfare society. Therefore, the so-called modern society, they do not believe in family life. <laughs> it is coming to that now. It is all Kaliuga. It is coming to that. They are having <coughs> the idea of living together. <laughs> Isn't it? Even in India, I heard it is spreading now. Having no obligation family life. It is called living together. <laughs> Because they thought that divorce, etc., it involves a lot of responsibilities. Because half, 50, 50, 50 percent of your income is to go. And then child support, all kinds of paraphernalia. So why get into all this problem? So as you like, I like you, you like me, let us live together. And if you want, if you don't like it, you go your way, I go my way. So this kind of thought come because of this reason. <coughs> Arthagama is not, see, dependent upon family life. This thought is the point. <coughs> so, <coughs> therefore the basic question of family life is defeated. For Artha, family is not required. Kama also, family is not required. Family is required mainly to maintain a religion, 
express in the form of certain rituals <coughs> vaidhya karmas and if they come down <coughs> then our children can ask what is wrong in marrying other religious <coughs> other religious people <coughs> don't worry it is it's like that <coughs> you have to bear with me sorry when karma goes away family gets disintegrated next generation even values and attitude also get erased therefore arjuna says here once varna sankraha will varna sankaraha will take place <coughs> now <coughs> this much we saw yesterday ಶಂಕರೋದರಕಾಯತಿ ಪಿತರೋಹ್ಯೇಷಾಪಿಂಡೋದ್ರಿಯಾ Sankaraha, Sankaraha, admixture of gas. <coughs> I was okay in the morning. sankaraha mean admixture of caste confusion of caste yesterday i talked to you about the caste <coughs> brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudraha and sankaraha kulagnanam cha kulasya narakaya eva so admixture of caste confusion of caste leads the slayer of the family to hell <coughs> so in the war you will be destroying the families therefore the person who destroy the families in the battlefield they will also go to hell the people get destroyed they also will go to hell laknanam kulasicha not only that lupta pindodaka kriya deprived of the offering of rice and water pitara esha the means of their race he also patanti false patanti ver naraka hel arjuna is saying for both the destroyer of the families as well as those who survived the destruction of the families they would be naraka naraka hell is a place you go to and come back and our naraka as i told you they are not permanent they are temporary so in 
Bhagavadaiti is about 24 type of naraka is given. <laughs> so deprived of the offering of rice and water, the mains of their race also fall. <coughs> Now for this you have to understand a little bit of what is death, then uh, we will appreciate this. When a person dies, <coughs> the body we have, okay, what is this? The gross body, gross body means the physical body, is the one that is left here, which is made up of Panchabhuta's five elements. And those five elements we have borrowed from the total and it will go back, merge back to the total. So physical body. So that's why in this world you cannot <coughs> destroy matter. It remains in one form or other. Number one. Then what leaves the body is the subtle body. It's called jiva. <coughs> constitute of mind, intellect, ego and memories, vasanas. So this is called subtle body, jiva. This is the one that leaves the body and <coughs> the gati, the path of this jiva is dependent upon his karma. What type of karma he has done, <coughs> what of punya karma he has done, that determines the gati. <coughs> Now it is said in our shastras there are no proof, nobody has died and come back and told us also. There are some rare cases somewhere, <coughs> but generally we don't know. We have to accept the shastra for it as a pramana. <coughs> So this soul after departing from this world and it goes and stay some place, it's called waiting period. <coughs> Because sometime the other body is not ready and they have to wait for getting the next body. <coughs> How long they have to wait, we don't know. It is all depend upon karma. So this waiting place is called Pitraloka. And this Pitraloka, when our ancestors are waiting, when we perform rituals, offer water and offer all these Udaga, Udaga Kriya, Tarpanam. <coughs> so, Tarpana ceremony is known as Udagakriya. <coughs> This is done only when both the parents are gone. So their aggregate is called Pindodagakriya, Sraddha and Tarpana. <coughs> so Amavasa Tarpana and all that is uh, both are gone. <coughs> It is said that Patanti Pitarohi Esham. Their ancestors indeed fall when Lupta Pindoga Kriya, when they are denied of rice and water. So when they say, stay there, 
Now once a year it is told to perform this because the time difference is there, okay? <laughs> like we have India and America time different, 12 hours. So, but in Pitraloka and <coughs> Bhumi, the, the Martiloka, the difference is our one year is equivalent to one day for them. <coughs> so once a year if you do, this offering, they get fed every day. And this custom is there in every religion. It is not that only Hindus do, but different way they do it. Uh, Christians also do. They visit the cemetery, then offer some flowers, light a candle, etc. They do. Or <coughs> in Asian countries, Buddhism it is there. And in the Chinese, even Taoism, it is there. <coughs> In fact, they offer every month uh, outside. They burn some paper money also. I asked, why are you burning? I am sending money to my grandfather to spend there. They <laughs> say that. So that concept is very nice, very beautiful. <coughs> In Shastras and um, all those religions, where the existence of jiva is accepted, other than the body, it is pointed even after the death of these people, their children are supposed to do certain karmas, actions, <coughs> because they accept the existence of jiva, continuation of jiva. <coughs> so this is called srartha karma. And even when some religion don't accept the theory of rebirth, still they accept the existence of jiva. <coughs> Example, in Christianity it is said on the day of judgment, all souls will be awakened and they are sent to heaven or hell. So there also they accept there is a soul. At the burial place cemetery where their loved ones are buried, they go at least on the day of death to put flowers or wreath or light a candle. <coughs> In Buddhism, Buddhist religion, they accept the existence of jiva because it is an offshoot of Hinduism. Naturally, they are all, all everything, all the customs are similar. <coughs> They do a lot of prayers for the departed soul. The idea of praying for the departed jiva is very much there in the most of the religion. There are some people who have faith. <coughs> they are religious and believers also, but may not be able to do srartha karma for many reasons. They may be in a country where there are no priests, they themselves don't know how to do. Now suppose in an Arab country, Saudi Arabia, you can't do any rituals there. <laughs> they will confiscate everything in the customs. <coughs> so what do you know? They themselves don't know how to do it. They may still think of their loved ones and in their name may do some charity in remembrance of their parents. They can do that. Or like sadhu feeding, bandara, offer, 
feed sadhus in the in Uttarakashi or Himalayas and all that. That is considered good. So as far as our Hindu Vaidika Dharma is concerned, we definitely say there is an existence of Jiva other than the physical gross body. What is called as Sukshma Sharira or Linga Sharira and that Jiva goes according to their karmas. <clears throat> For those Jivas, the surviving children are supposed to do some karmas. That karma is called Sartha Karma. Sartha Karma means Sraddhaya Kritam Karma. is called Sartha Karma. That which is performed with Sraddha. Because this Sraddha has to be there. Why? There is a Jiva, continuation of a Jiva. That Sraddha has to be there. Only then it is possible. <coughs> Somehow the word Srartha is generally used by us for the karma done for the departed soul after death. <coughs> now for sannyasis like us, we do Srartha because we don't have anybody to do. Let us say we have no children, we are not married. Generally, okay. So we don't have children to do. After we depart, who will do Sartha Karma? So what we do in our taking sannyas, there is a Pirajahoma, the last ritual that we do. At that time, we do Sartha Karma to ourselves. <coughs> so you don't have to do anything for me. That is what it is. It's already done. Now, <clears throat> some people ask that question, see, this is assuming that <clears throat> that person is still in Pitraloka, isn't it? That soul is still in Pitraloka. Suppose that person has taken birth somewhere, let us say, become a child somewhere. Then you are unnecessarily invoking that soul and then feeding him. <laughs> so the answer is, our Shastra said it doesn't matter. <laughs> but suppose that the person is born in some family as a child. So whatever that you feed invoking that soul, he will get it <clears throat> in a different way. Mother will give feed him good food and things like that, you know, something. You know, in a better way, better facility will be provided for the child growing. So, in that respect also, this Artha Karma is justified. <clears throat> and uh, when you do this Artha Karma at the Brahmana, when you are feeding, that Brahmana has to observe certain vows, I mean, discipline. And we put some darba on his head and we feed him. And invoking the presence of your ancestors. So this is how. So then the china is given. <coughs> so this in Bhagavata Mahatya it is that there is verse Tundukari. He died, he was a such a terrible, monstrous person. And he died his soul, even though his brother <coughs> 
did all the rituals, he went to Gaya and all that, did ritual, but nothing worked. He still remained as Pishaj, Bhuta Pishaj. And then finally he had to do Bhagavata Parayanam. Seven days Saptaha he has to live in, only then he got liberation. So there are many stories <coughs> of the existence of the ancestors, the spirit, etc. It is there. So Lukta Pindodakriya, Arjuna's point here is that if there is a admixture of this <coughs> Suppose the men folk die in the battlefield, then what happened? Only the ladies, they are all widows. They will not have any shelter. They become <coughs> corrupt. And then what happened? The second generation, third generation, they will not have any particular value or particular religion. There will be an intermix of caste, intermix of religion. There will not be any shraddha in the rituals, etc. Therefore, there will be a chaos in the society. This is what Arjuna is uh, pointing out here. Now, continuing. Doshe Nasankara Karakai Utsatyante Jati Dharma Uladharmasta Shashwata Etehi Doshehi Through these evil deeds of War, killing war. Varna Sankara Karahehi, bringing about an intermixture of caste. Varna Sankara Karahehi, Shashwataha Jati Dharmaha, the age long caste tradition, Jati Dharma. So yesterday I explained to you, Brahmana Dharma is to study the scriptures and practice and teach. Kshatriya Dharma is politics. Vaishya Dharma is economics. And Shudra Dharma is supporting the three other castes. So these Jadi Dharmas will vanish. And Kula Dharma and family customs are also there. <coughs> Every family is belonging to one Rishi. That's why if you go back to your Gotra, it started with one Rishi. And that Rishi has established certain Sampradaya tradition. And that tradition was handed over to the children, those children, grandchildren like that. They follow and that also will go away. This I know very well because when I go to somebody's house for viksha, you know, see they will say, Swamiji, this is our speciality of the state, one dish. Then another dish will come, this is the speciality of our community. 
the third dish will come this is a speciality of my family then the fourth dish will come the speciality of me myself now see how many you will eat <laughs> so every family you look at it there is a special tradition those <clears throat> kula dharma utsadyante it will get extinct so through this evil deeds of the destroyer of the family that means the killer of the family is the war <laughs> that is the point bringing about an intermixture of caste age long caste tradition and family custom get extinct <clears throat> arjuna is saying there will be total extinct of kula dharma varna dharma jati dharma ashrama dharma dharma is to be seen here as threefold sadharana dharma atoli common dharma then varna ashrama dharma then kula dharma <coughs> so all of them so one is samanya dharma which is common to all then varna ashrama dharma varna ashrama dharma means caste and ashrama dharmas then kula dharma <coughs> so varna dharma means caste made it possible particular jobs to particular group of people this is also called vishesha dharma then there are ashrama dharmas according to one stage in life brahmacharya agrastha varaprastha ityadi those systems are not working now so you don't have to worry about it <laughs> kula dharma for only academic interest i am telling you <laughs> because it is given in gita so dharma applicable to a particular family <coughs> so vishesha dharma particular society all these are varnashrama dharma ashrama dharma stri dharma purusha dharma kula dharma all these are all vishesha dharmas arjuna argued that by destroying the dharmi they would be destroying all these dharmas by going with war he would be the cause of all this confusion therefore he wanted no part of it continuing utsanna utsanna kula dharmanam anushyanam janardana नरके नियतम वासः भवतीत्यनुशुश्रुम अनुशुश्रुम हे जनार्दन अनुशुश्रुम वी हैव हर्ड व्हाट हैव यू हर्ड वी हैव हर्ड दैट उत्सन्न कुलधर्मा <laughs> In Garuda Purana, hundreds of dargas are there. 
so it is also given if you do this particular sin what type of naraga you will go and then to atone the sin also prayachitta karma is also given okay so <coughs> the point is substance of this is do good karma and if you have done bad karma up till now please correct yourself from now on change your lifestyle don't think also naraka is only after death because when people don't live good values they suffer here only if you ask somebody how are you i am going through hell they will say no. <laughs> hell is here only it's all mental state now arjuna says to lord krishna hey janardana we have heard anushush <coughs> that men who have lost their family anushushrama lost their family tradition dwell in hell for an infinite period of time if pandavas were to destroy the family they would gain nothing but papa and would have to live in naraka a place of pain and death this arjuna says was heard from the elders who knew dharma shastra so according to arjuna in his mind at this point there would be no immediate or future gain here or in the hereafter <coughs> this was the basis of arjuna's argument immediate gain is called drishtaphala and after the future phala is called adrishtaphalam so duryodhana is not concerned about adrishtaphalam unseen result he was only concerned about drishtaphalam which is immediate result he did not think of papa and all that when he did so many injustice to pandavas and he himself arjuna addressed them as atatayinaha evil doers duryodhana had enjoyed absolute power for 13 years without any contention power as an act of corrupting duryodhana had been absolutely corrupted by power and he did not want to share or lose that power now arjuna's thinking was in keeping with what he had learned about drishta and adrishta phala he believed in dharma and he was very clear that this fight was between dharma and adharma still he thought by destroying his own people there would be no happiness for him either now or later now this is an anxiety born of 
wrong thinking. It is something like our teenage daughter or son has not come home even at midnight. The teenager drove to a party, you know that. What is your condition? <laughs> Imagination. You start imagining so many things, isn't it? <laughs> this is what happened to Arjuna. This will happen and with that, that will happen, this will happen, like kind of thought he is, he is thinking, imagining. So all this sorrow is an imagined sorrow. None of them have died yet, but he is imagining that if they die, what will happen? Now continuing, Aho Patamahatpapam Vyavasitāvayam Yadrājya-sukha-lobhena Antum sojana-mudhyatāha Now, as he is thinking, he gets into a frenzy of mood. Aho! Surprise, wonder, aha, aho! Badaha, expressive of great sorrow. Aho badaha, fire upon us. Vayam, we, vevasita, determined, ready to commit mahatpapam, great sin. So fire upon us, we have determined to commit such a great sin. How could we arrive at such a conclusion? That also for what? Yet Rajya Sukhalobhena. Why are we committing this heinous crime, killing these people in front of us? For what purpose? Is it a noble purpose? It is for getting the kingdom and the kingly pleasures. Yet Rajya Sukhalobhena. Because of desire or greed for pleasures of kingdom, we are ready to Hantum sujanam udyataha. We are ready to kill our own people. <coughs> Arjuna in the 30th verse said, Yadyapedena pasyanti lopo apahata chetasaha. Even if these people, their minds are blinded by grief. Ha! They said, he himself said that these people are blinded, Urdhuryodhana, these are blinded with grief, greed. And now we are ready to do the same. They are blinded by greed, but what are we doing? We are also blinded by greed of what? The Rajya Sukhalopaha. Arjuna want to show that Pandavas are regarded by the whole world as virtuous. It was in no way proper for them to be involved in an act of sinful war. Now Arjuna is thinking, Bhagavan, what has happened to you? Why don't you say something? Lord Krishna must have just looked at Arjuna. Okay, Arjuna, you don't want to fight. Even if you don't want to fight and leave the war zone, Kauravas are not going to stop. 
they will chase you they are terrible people they won't leave you alone bhagwan if you think that then that also arjuna has got an answer <laughs> next verse 46th verse he says yati mama pratikaram शस्त्रम शस्त्रपाणय दातराष्ट्रारणे हन्यु तेमतरम भवेद यदि ईवन इन केस दातराष्ट्रारणे हन्यु ईव दि संसंत्रदराष्ट्र kill me in the battlefield see he has come to that point suicide of thinking see when you become sad what happened <laughs> you come to a stage where bottom line you know you come to so bottom where you are ready doesn't matter even if i die doesn't matter <laughs> so mam apradhikaram not retaliate asastam shastrabaneha not wielding any weapon so in the battlefield a person who is not wielding weapon if you kill that person is considered adharma <coughs> so ashastram shastrabaneha so even when i am not armed or retaliating even at that point if these people kill me or shoot me at the back let us say when i am running away and duryodhana ordered shoot arjuna from the back even then arjuna says chemataram bhavet he said tat me chemataram bhavet would be better for me so it is not even chema okay use a superlative chemataram bhavet so arjuna has come to the conclusion he is not going to fight even when he is unarmed giving up weapons voluntarily if the sons of dhritarashtra attack him with raised weapon and kill him that would be better chemataram better than what better than killing the swabandhavan own kitan king gosim kulakshaya and its ripple effects destruction of families all these we have he has already explained <coughs> now arjuna is again bhagwan is not saying anything even at this point now arjuna was totally exhausted both mentally and physically he had no more arguments to present but lord is not moved by his arguments and does not say anything there is an utter silence now vyasacharya dramatizes the situation he hand over the mic to sanjaya संजय उवाच संजय उवाच एव 
ಮುಕ್ತಾರ್ಜುನ ಸಂಖೆ ರಥೋಪಸ್ಥ ಉಪಾವಿಷತ್ ವಿಸೃಜ್ಯ ಸಶರಂ ಚಾಪಂ ಸಂವಿಘ್ನಮಾನಸ ರಿಪೋರ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಧೃತರಾಷ್ಟ್ರ ಅರ್ಜುನ ರಥೋಪಸ್ಥ ಉಪಾವಿಷತ್ ರಥಸ್ಥ ಉಪಾವಿಷತ್ ಸ್ಯಾಟ್ ಡೌನ್ ಇನ್ ದಿ ಚಾರಿಯಟ್ ನೌ ಅರ್ಜುನ ಕೆನ್ ನೋ ಮೋರ್ ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಎಸ್ ನೋ ಸ್ಟ್ರಂಗ್ ಟು ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಲೆಗ್ಸ್ ವಿಲ್ not hold him anymore <laughs> support him anymore but think about it he did not get down from the chariot and run away okay <laughs> that much he has not done but thank god for that that mean he is still doubtful the point that he has raised whether it is right or wrong he is still doubtful the back of his mind there is a doubt whether what i what i said is correct or he want approval from somebody that is especially krishna so that is why he did not get down he sat in the chariot itself <coughs> so visrasya sasharam chaabam shoka samvigdha manasaha throwing aside his bow and quiver with arrow and his mind agitated with grief he sat down where sankhe in the middle of the battlefield arjuna must have felt there was some problem with his thinking therefore he just sat in the chariot sometimes we tell someone that we don't want to do something but we still listen to the other person's point of view why because we have a doubt regarding what we want and what we don't want otherwise we would not be available for discussion the arjuna sat there indicates that something was telling him that there was a fallacy in his thinking and that he stood to be corrected and he was ready for it <coughs> thus in this um, chapter om tat sat iti shrimad bhagavad gita su ಉಪನಿಷತ್ಸು ಬ್ರಹ್ಮವಿದ್ಯಾಜುನಸಂವಾದ ಅರ್ಜುನ ವಿಷಾದಯೋಗೋ ನಾಮ ಪ್ರಥಮೋಧ್ಯಾಯ entire bhagavad gita is in the bhishma parva of mahabharata om tat sat is the sacred name of god 
this particular explanation to this Om Tat Sat is given in 17th chapter, okay? Uh, as I, again I'll tell you, if you survive that much, I will explain to you what is Om Tat Sat. It is the Desha. There's a beautiful verse there. What is the sacredness of uttering that Om Tat Sat? Simple meaning is that it is sacred mantra. Whatever omission or commissions you have committed while performing in a ritual, it can be neutralized by just saying Om Tat Sat. See, sometimes we do certain karmas, we may not know proper way, but at the end of it you say Om Tat Sat, all your omissions are gone. <laughs> So that is Om Tat Sat. So suppose you chant this Gita, you made a lot of mistakes in pronunciation. Say Om Tat Sat, then what happened? That mistake is nullified. Not in Gita chanting competition, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You can't give this argument there. Idi Pradhamodhyaya, thus end the first chapter. <coughs> Atha means to begin, Iti means to end. Pradhamodhyaya, Srimad Bhagavad Gita Su. In this Bhagavad Gita, what, what is that? Upanishad Su. It is an Upanishad. Upanishad Su because there are 18 chapters. Bhagavad Gita in every chapter is like Upanishad. So, Upanishad is like a conversation between Guru and Shishya and Brahmavidya is conveyed. Brahmavidyaya, Bhagavad Gita, here also teaches that knowledge what is contained in Upanishad. But then in the <coughs> first chapter there is no Brahmavidya taught. <coughs> Yoga Shastra, Bhavidyayam Yoga Shastra. Yoga is practical means. One is Brahmavidya, which is a philosophy theory. Then how to practice in your day-to-day life is called Yoga. Yoga also etymologically means Yunjade Anenayiti Yoga. That which connects you from lower jiva to the higher Brahma is called yoga. So this yoga, what is called Arjuna Vishada Yoga. So here it is, this yoga is called Arjuna Vishada. A despondency, dejection of Arjuna, sorrow of Arjuna. And that here Bhagavan says, what Vyasa Bhagavan says, it is yoga. <laughs> How is that possible? Your sorrow become yoga. <laughs> Every sorrow that you experience is a turning point in your life. <laughs> Most of the Mahatmas you ask, what made you take sannyas? <laughs> they will tell you a sorrowful story, <laughs> a turning point. <laughs> Isn't it? 
that particular incident totally turned me isn't it tulsidas ji it was his wife told him that why are you so attached to this physical body this much of intensity of love if you are shown to bhagwan ram he would have come to you by now that was a turning point <clears throat> so every sorrow every experience that we go through in our life can teach us certain lessons and that become a stepping stone for higher thinking higher evolution so no experience should be taken lightly every experience that comes through our life come to our life there is a message that message is the one that is be read <coughs> so therefore even arjuna vishada yoga also his vishada became unless arjuna has become totally depressed dejected this geeta would not have come isn't it <laughs> so there was no reason for bhagwan to start hey bhagwan is this bhagwan could not have said ashochyanane shochastum pratyavadam chivashase there was no there was no reason because bhagwan was there with arjuna many times even in the forest also when they were living 12 years bhagwan used to visit them and at, even in indraprastha also bhagwan used to spend time with them <coughs> at that time bhagwan did not give him geeta because this philosophy vedanta should not be taught to someone unless they are ready see because of our enthusiasm we keep on talking to people that person is not ready he won't receive it so at this time arjuna was ready so therefore bhagwan could teach so this arjuna vishada yoga nama prathamo dhyaya this is the first chapter which is titled as arjuna vishada yoga thus arjuna sat down uh, completely dejected despondent morose melancholic arjuna is what you see in the end of first chapter let us read the first verse again just to show that you know when you are given 3 weeks now <laughs> there is a gap you see the gap is given deliberately so that you can revise this chapter i hope all of you got a book it's only it has got two chapters okay not one chapter two chapters are there five dollars nothing but yeah, you go to what is that coffee shop what coffee is that starbucks why dollar is it depends what coffee you buy sir <laughs> that's all but you are getting what bhagavad gita it is what just now is a brahma vidya and for 5 dollar is very cheap buy this and read read this first chapter so that now you come for the second chapter you will be very well equipped and not only that they say if you read every chapter this gita mahatmya is there there is one book so what is the 
Palam, the result of reading Gita. Every chapter there is a uh, Palam, is there. Punyam, how much Punya you get. Just read it, that's all. Don't know the meaning, doesn't matter. Just read. There are some Punyas. So why not we get that also? So let us read. Tridharashtra Vacha Dharma Kshetre Guru Kshetre Samaveta Yuyutsavaha Mamaka Pandavaschaiva Kimakurvata Sanjaya of Gurudev and Bhagavan Krishna, we completed the first chapter, even though I thought because of this flu hit me, <coughs> thought I would not be able to complete, but Gurudev's grace, you were able to complete, I am glad. Now the next uh, second chapter will will have, will announce that is the March second week, we will have one week completely. Then you will see that the teaching, the real teaching of Bhagavad Gita starts, then how it is applicable to us, how Arjuna's viewpoint was wrong, etc. Bhagavan establishes in different levels. That's the beauty of Bhagavan. Bhagavan is a great teacher. <coughs> so he understands the psychology from a higher level, from step down, then step down, then from the ordinary man's standpoint, all the levels, he view this point. And we shall see that in our next class. Thank you. Uh, Vikram. Oh.